This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to Friday's edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope you're all having a very good start to your Friday, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. They're going to have a cracking weekend lined up. Quite a bit to talk about today. Maybe not quite as busy as the drama of the 24 hours we had yesterday, but still plenty going on. Arsenal getting very, very close to signing Jurian Timber from Ajax. Now, really good news uh, about Ethan Wanieri as well, one of the brightest young talents at the club in England, in fact. And lots of questions from you guys uh, about various topics, such as Emil Smith-Rowe, transfer, just loads of stuff. So we'll get to those at the end of the video. But I'm going to start off today talking about Jurian Timber and the progress of that deal with Ajax that has been... Um, getting closer and closer to completion, shall we say, as the week has progressed at clubs, very much sort of locked in talk, if you want to use that cliche, um, about getting this deal done. All parties kind of happy to get this deal done, if you see what I mean. They're all working towards getting a swift conclusion. Ajax have got their price. Ajax is, uh, Arsenal's first bid wasn't enough, but the clubs have always sort of remained in dialogue to try and come to an agreement. Now, there have been reports in Holland overnight or late last night that a deal has been agreed, a price has been agreed, um, and that Timber will be coming over for medical. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, we're quite at that stage yet. It's very, very close, but I'm not sure if everything's been finalised and he can come for a medical. That's not quite as I understand it, but we're very, very close to getting to that stage. Now, by the time you're watching or listening to this episode, it might well have progressed to that and things have had, have moved on. But we're very, very much at the end, just the final few details being um, sort of worked out between Arsenal and Ajax for finalising this deal for Timber, who's going to be another very, very exciting uh, signing for Arsenal this summer. It's going to be around the sort of £40 million mark, give or take, uh, to bring in this 22-year-old who, of course, was heavily, heavily linked with Manchester United last summer. It looked like he was going to go there following Eric Ten Hag. So Old Trafford didn't happen. He stayed at Ajax. And now Arsenal have made their move for a player who ticks so many boxes when it comes to the type of players Arsenal look to sign. Look at his age, 22, slap-banging that age bracket that Arsenal like when it comes to players. But 
very, very importantly, the same as Declan Rice, the same as Kai Havertz. He may be young, but he's very, very experienced. He's still got that top-level experience he's had with Ajax in this Ajax team over the last few years. He's versatile. We know he can play centre-back, right-sided centre-back. He can play right-back. Really, really good on the ball. Uh, progresses the ball forward. His passing ability is excellent. You know, all of these things, when you marry them all together, it just is the classic Arsenal signing, the classic Mikel Arteta signing. And it's going to add a huge amount of strength and depth to that back line, which last season we saw when there were a couple of key injuries to Tommy Asu and Saliba at the end of the season. Arsenal's depth in those defensive areas were really, really stretched. But you look at it now with Tommy Asu coming back, with Saliba coming back, with Timber coming in, if it gets done, um, you know, you've got a hell of a lot of options there defensively um, uh, as well. And the fact that you've got Timber there or, or Tommy Asu when he's about fit, if you need to, you can play Ben White as a right as a right-sided centre-back. You can play Timber as a right-sided centre-back. There's options to be able to give players like Saliba a rest if you need and, uh, and that's really, really important because I think we all saw Saliba obviously play pretty much every single minute of football he could play last season up until the injury. Had Mikel had better options to rotate things, maybe Saliba's injury wouldn't have happened towards the end of last season. So I think it's been really key to try and remedy that. And I think the signing of Timber will one, uh, 100% um do that it's just um yeah i mean i'm not an expert on him by any means in terms of what he brings um you know i've tried my best to sort of catch up since this uh this sort of transfer um has developed i've certainly got a better view of what he is like as a defender now but still not an uh, expert by any means at talking about that actually if you do have questions to ask about jiren timber and the type of player he is how he's done at ajax what he might bring to this arsenal team please do reply to this video because I'm hoping to do a very special uh, episode about Durian Timber at some point next week with a, uh, with a guest who is certainly far more experienced and uh, has far more expert views on him as a player uh, than I do. So, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to know about Timber, then please do fire them into me. And I'll select a few of them for that show if it happens. It's not 100% nailed in, but hopefully um, someone uh, I'm getting someone on the show next week who will be able to give us some really good expert views on Durian Timber and the exact sort of player that Arsenal will be signing when it comes to him. OK, one player, again, who has signed a new deal um, is uh, this man. I'll just bring him up on the screen, actually. This is a fantastic piece of news from David Ornstein yesterday. Um, Ethan Monieri has committed future to Arsenal by signing scholarship terms and agreeing a pro deal when he turns seven. Major interest in other clubs, but the 16-year-old never wanted to leave. Lifelong Arsenal fan. Um, and a huge boost to the Gunners. Well, he certainly 100% is a huge boost to the Gunners because uh, Ethan Monieri... You know, it's been up in the air, his future, for a long, long time. Of course, we know he's the youngest ever Premier League player, Mikel Arteta, bringing him in in that game against Brentford um, last season. But there's been lots of talk about his future. Chelsea and Manchester City have both been very, very keen to sign Ethan Wanieri and have been doing all they can to get him to leave Arsenal before he gets the opportunity to sign his first pro deal when he turns 17. It looked for a time, you know, there was certainly a belief behind the scenes when you talk to people, talk to agents. There was a real belief that he was going to end up going either to Chelsea or recently I'd heard that Manchester City was certainly the favourites to potentially get him. But 
according to David there, fantastic reporting, as always, from David Ornstein, that Arsenal have now been able to agree a deal and he will sign that professional contract when he turns 17, which will just be a huge boost for Arsenal because they've got so many top quality, excellent youngsters and you want to be able to keep them at the club and see if they've got and give them the best possible opportunity to him. Uh, to sort of get through to the first team in this club. You look at Ethan, you look at Miles Lewis, Skelly, Amari Cozia, Dubri, those type of players who have come through the ranks, been a big, big part of the youth team last season, the team that got to the Youth Cup final. It would have been awful to lose them. And they're still you know, very, very young. I mean, you're looking at Wanyeri is still 16 years old, which is remarkable when you consider he's already played in the Premier League. He's so, so young. He's still miles off it when it comes to you know forcing your way into the Premier League squad on a regular basis. Um, but you kind of forget about that because he's had his name in the headlines for so long. You know, he's still going to be an under-18s player, let alone an under-21s. He will play in the under-21s next season, but he's still featuring Jack Wilkes' under-18s, um, which shows exactly how, how young he is. But it's just a real big boost for Arsenal because you don't want to develop these players, spend so long, so many years developing them since they were like nine at Hale End and then them to head off and go to a Chelsea or Manchester City. And there's so much competition when it comes to um, securing the best young talents in England. You know, clubs really do fight over them. It's, it's That market is, honestly, when you talk to people in and around um, the sort of uh, the youth development scene, they say the, the the market there is almost more competitive than it is in the senior game because everyone wants to get the best young players um, into their academies and into their clubs. And you know, Chelsea and Manchester City were, were doing, definitely, I know they were doing all they could to get Wanieri. So this is a big, big boost for Arsenal to keep him on board, to get him to sign his pro contract when he turns 17 and to give themselves the best opportunity of getting him to progress into the first team. I spoke to Jack Wiltshire about it last year, um, last season, sorry. And um, and I was talking to him and I said, you know, how important is it to keep hold of Wanieri? And he said it was important, but he just wanted to talk about the player and protecting the player. He said it's, sometimes you've got to take a little bit of a step back when it comes to um, those sort of things. Obviously, Per Mertesacker, the head of academy, he deals with it so much. But Jack was so desperate. You could hear, by the way, he was talking. Uh, he was so desperate to keep him. He knows how much of a special talent he is. He still needs to find his best position, I think. When he comes to Anieri, not sure where he is. Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a nine? He certainly played as a nine in that Youth Cup run to the final. I wasn't sure that was his best position when I was watching him there. I always felt he looked a lot more dangerous when he was coming from the deeper positions into the attacking third rather than being the kind of linchpin. I thought Arsenal looked better when they changed things around a little bit in that in, in some of those games when Manieri did drop deeper and they had more of a focal point up front. So that's something that they're going to have to work out and is going to happen, I'm sure, over the next couple of years as he progresses, plays more under-18s football, plays more under-21s football. But on the whole, it's a fantastic news um, the one area signed a really, really, really big boost for Arsenal. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And it just kind of, I mean, look at that. What a week it's been. I've just drawn it for those watching on YouTube. You can see here. What, I, what I'm talking about. There's not many weeks where you can sit back at the end of it and think, you know what? That has been an absolutely brilliant week for Arsenal Football Club. But this has, they've signed Kai Havertz, got him through the door. They've got Wanieri, one of the brightest young talents at the club, tied down to uh, for the next few years. They're about to sign Jurian Timber from Ajax, providing those last few details can be done. And they're about to sign and absolutely smash their club record transfer fee for their priority target this summer in Declan Rice. There's still a few things to do with Declan Rice, as I reported yesterday. You know, they're still finalising things with, with West Ham, the exact payment structure. It's all been agreed. The fee's been agreed. Um, as far as I'm aware, Declan Rice is allowed now to have his medical. I'm not 100% sure on that, So, but I think we're at that stage where he can now talk to Arsenal. You know, West Ham will allow him to move on to that stage, but as that's happening, the clubs are still trying to actually find, work out the exact final stages on how the payment structure of this deal is going to be done uh, once that's happened I expect the, the transfer will be completed very very quickly but it's just been a fantastic week you look at that club record signing pretty much done number one priority target the player they really wanted they've beaten off Manchester City to get him huge thing Kai Havertz another priority target they've got that through he's already in his Arsenal shirt talking about it Durian Timber another player about to sign a real player that they wanted and one of the best young talents in there in the uh, in the club secured for his long-term future. So, like I said, there's sometimes you can just sit back at the end of a week and think, yeah, this has been a good week. And I think Arsenal fans around the world, and I think the likes of Mikel Arteta and certainly Edu and the recruitment team and the contract team can all kind of sit back and give themselves a bit of a pat on the back for the work that's been done this week because it's been a very, very good week for Arsenal Football Club. Okay, let's go on to some of your questions, shall we, for the second half of this episode. Let's start with the collateral damage here. So it says, Charles, why don't English clubs have press conferences to announce new sign-ins anymore, especially big-name ones? It's still done in Spain, like Real did with Bellingham, and sometimes they go one step further and cover parts of the medical, etc. Yeah, it's just a different way of doing things. But obviously, that has happened in England in the past. Some clubs have done it in the past. Arsenal, I remember doing it for Sol Campbell for that remarkable press conference way back in 2001 when they called journalists in all the journalists went there expecting it was going to be Richard Wright unveiled and then suddenly Arsene Wenger David Dean walked out with Sol Campbell in one of the most dramatic press conferences you'll ever see when it comes to football but it doesn't really happen nowadays certainly not at Arsenal I can't certainly since I've been covering the club there hasn't been a press conference to unveil a new sign-in um it's something we've talked about plenty of times to Arsenal and said, you know, why don't you, you know, you just signed a new player. Why didn't you bring him out at the same, you know, after Mikel's press conference on, on a Friday, for example, after one of the sort of pre-match press conferences, bring the new signing out. Let's have a, let's have a fire some questions at him, but it's just not something the club do. I suppose they do their own stuff, their own media with new signings. They want to keep them themselves. Obviously they've got their own, media platforms now all the football clubs and they want the players talking on them rather than talking to the press most of the time um so it's just not something that really happens believe me we'd love it it's something we have pushed for we do talk about but we always get pushed back on it and i can't see it happening um anytime soon obviously it does happen in spain you see it all the time when Real or barcelona or those clubs make their signings they will in front of will the 
player out in front of the press. They do the keepy ups on the pitch. Like you said, they cover parts of the medical. It's just a different way of working over here, though. But thank you very much for your question. Uh, okay, I, I'm not even sure how to pronounce that. Was it Dyson Number Wang? <laughs> says hi, Charles. Question for the next episode: Even with the addition of Rice, Havertz, and Timber, do you think it's risky for the club to potentially lose Xhaka, Party, and Tierney all in the same window? Each one now seems to have a natural successor upgrade, but the depth chart feels very shallow. If all three leave, um, yes, I do think it's risky. I've said, I've mentioned it before. I don't necessarily think it's too much of a risk for Xhaka to go or for Tierney to go because I think there's cover for those players, especially with Havertz coming in with um, Smith-Rowe now being fit. But party, I do feel it's a big, big risk, even with Rice coming in, even with Jorginho being there and staying, which I think is a good thing. I still think, for me, you keep Thomas party and you have him. He's such a good player. Yes, he didn't have a great end to last season, but a fair few players didn't have a great end to last season. For the majority of it, he was absolutely brilliant. Um and I would keep him 100%. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I still struggle to really work out why you would sell Thomas Partey going into a season when you're, you're going back to the Champions League for the first time. Um, when you need big players, you need your top players, you need players with Champions League experience. Thomas Partey's got that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would absolutely keep him. The other two, I don't think it's so much of a risk. Tierney, I think there's plenty of cover with Zinchenko, with Tommy Asu can play there if need be. Um, but uh, we don't even know what's happened with Nuno Tavares yet. I fully expect he will go. Uh, there is interest in him, but uh, whether that goes through, we don't, I don't know, but he's still potentially another option if needed. But yeah, Thomas Partey, I think is definitely a big, big risk. And personally for me, I would not be not be selling him. Um, Rach Schneer says, Hi Charles, hope you answered this question. Where do you see ESR fitting into the side considering Arteta's statement about Kai being in addition to our midfield, I think he's just going to be competing with Kai Havertz. I really do. I look at that position. I like the fact that Granit Xhaka is being let go. And I think Emil Smith-Rowe is going to be competing with Kai Havertz for that position. It's going to be difficult for him. But I think he's got the talent. He's got the quality to still make a big, big mark on this season if he stays injury-free, which at the moment he is staying injury-free. He was fit all for the second half of last season. Once he came back from the operation, he's playing for England at the moment. He's staying injury-free there. He's showing he can do it in that position. And, um, and I think that's it. Yes, he can provide cover on the left-hand side if needed. But I look at Smith-Rowe's position in this squad going forward as being that a cover for uh, a cover or competition for Kai Havertz in that left-sided number eight role in this 4-3-3 system. Uh, I really do. I think that's it. I mean, he's not going to be... I don't, I don't think... I think we've got to sort of forget about the idea of having an absolute... First 11, I think that's what cost Arsenal last season. I've said it before, you need kind of 15, 16, 17, 18 even in a squad where you can rotate and the level doesn't drop off too much. And I look at Smith Rowe as being maybe one of those sort of 12, 13, 14 type player. When one of them's out, one of the main guys is out, you bring Smith Rowe in and you, that doesn't make sure that the level doesn't drop too much because he's a top quality player. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Smith Rowe brings next season. I think it was a real shame he didn't get many minutes last season especially in the second half of the season when he was fit and was available. I thought Arteta could have used him more and probably should have used him more. But I think this season, if he has a good summer, he's having one with England, but then once he comes back and he goes away for the, for the tour, if he has a good summer, I think he's got a lot to give next season. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can bring. And finally, here's one. I've had a few of these questions. And hi, Charlie, a quick one here. Is there anything you've heard concerning the players who were injured before the season ended, the likes of Martinelli, Saliba, Tommy Asu? Will they be ready 
for pre-season. I can't say for absolutely certain, but the last I heard that everyone was hopeful that all those players were going to be fit to play some part in pre-season. When they're ready, whether they're ready for the very start of it, I can't I can't give you that exact information, I'm afraid. But last I heard was that those players it was certainly hopeful they would play some part in preseason and be ready for the season. You see that picture there below your question. You've got Saliba, Martinelli and um, Tommy Asu with Trossard, actually, all together. They've all been in Spain um, over the last couple of weeks working on their fitness ahead of the return for preseason. That's a really good sign. Saliba looks absolutely monstrous in that picture, by the way. What an absolute giant of a man he is. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, they've all been together. They've been working on their fitness, trying to get themselves in the best possible shape to be ready for the start of preseason. Whether they all are, I can't say for certain. But from my understanding, they that the club are very much hopeful that they will all be able to play a part in preseason um, and hopefully be ready for the start of the new Premier League campaign, which will be a big, big boost to have all those players back available again. All right, that's it from today's episode. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Um, I really do hope you have a very good Friday wherever you are around the world and you have a cracking weekend and uh, keep your eyes peeled on all things Arsenal. I'll be back to talk, hopefully, about uh, more developments when it comes to new signings over the next 24 hours or so. Have a great day, everyone. I'll speak to you soon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.